0: Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15-20 to minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Monday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, literally Heather. Um, I hope that you guys are having a wonderful Monday morning. Today is 9-11, and I don't know who's responsible for the decision to do what took place. What I do know is that I will never forget uh, in my lifetime the moment that I watched the second plane live on live television hit the second tower and what that felt like in that moment, and 3,000 people lost their lives that day. So. Um, in honor of those individuals, I would like to just say that you are not forgotten and your, your lives were worthy and I'm sorry that you died. Um, I I don't really know like what poetic thing to say there, uh, cause this is kind of off the cuff. I forgot to actually even write anything in for this until I just realized that it's 9-11. So, Um, so yeah, I don't mean to seem callous. I, I want to at least acknowledge that that's what today is. And, uh, for those of you who were sent off to war to fight in a country that didn't want you there in the first place on the premise of a lie sold to you by your commander in chief, uh, and the sacrifices that you have given, um, grateful to you guys as well. So All of that said, I hope that you had a restful and enjoyable weekend with your families. I am going to post my general link for Palmetto State Armory today, but also tell you that if you are not following me on Twitter, which is at Shouse34, um, if you want a heads up on the new Mark 12 rifles that are dropping from Palmetto State Armory today, I will have links and updates on that drop if that's something that you've been waiting for. Um, On to the show, which is long because it's the weekend and I always have a shit ton to cover with you guys. Uh, Last week, Joe Biden humiliated this country and himself when he walked off stage in the middle of a Medal of Honor ceremony. uh, To then Sunday, Corinne Jean-Pierre abruptly ended a news conference with Joe Biden. Uh, He was in Hanoi, Vietnam at one point took the microphone and announced that the event had concluded, even as the president was still answering questions from reporters in the room. As he was responding to shouted questions from the press, Jean-Pierre took the microphone to announce, thank you, everybody, this ends the press conference. Biden remained on stage briefly following her announcement, responding to one additional question, though his full answer was inaudible. Biden had at that point taken the five questions from reporters in the room that he said he would be before announcing, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to bed. The White House announced at the start of the press conference that Biden planned to take questions from five reporters. However, the president lingered on stage responding to additional questions about what he said to Chinese Premier Li Qiang before he was interrupted by the press secretary. Throughout the presser, Biden acknowledged the demands of the whirlwind trip, joking at one point, quote, these five-day trips around the world are no problem. Minutes before Jean-Pierre ended the press conference, Biden had delivered a lengthy answer that involved a rambling explanation of why he uses the phrase lying dog-faced pony soldier in an attempt to (laughs) explain his feelings about politicians who deny the existence of climate change. The moment comes days after a CNN poll shows about three quarters of Americans say that they're concerned Biden's age might negatively affect his current level of physical and mental competence and his ability to serve another full term if reelected. Biden's defenders have brushed off concerns about his age, and the White House has frequently pointed to his energy levels on grueling international trips, such as the current one, as proof that his age is not an issue. Such travel schedules led Jean-Pierre to tell CNN's Jake Tapper last month that, quote, no other president has been able to do the job like Biden. People have come after the president about his age. They did it in 2019. They did it in 2020 leading into the election. And they did it in 2022. And guess what? He beats them every time, Jean-Pierre said, because he has a finger on the pulse of what it is that the American people need. He talks about issues that really matter to the American people, and he is delivering. What is he delivering? Canned lines to pre picked journalists, failed economic policy that's ruining this country, dissertations about corn pop and what a bad dude he is. He does not have a finger on the pulse of this country, and neither, frankly, does Corinne Jean Pierre. I would stand to argue that not a single person in Washington has a true finger on the pulse of this country. But you know who does have a pulse on things? Kamala Harris. Harris said Wednesday that an important part of her job is the fact that she may have to take over if President Biden is unable to complete his term in office and that she's ready to do so if required. God help us all if that happens. Eight of the 45 men who have served as president died in office, four of them by assassination and four from natural causes. Biden, who is already the oldest ever president, turns 81 in November. Politicians in Washington regularly refrain from engaging in hypotheticals about the potential death of early figures for fear of attracting criticism. For example, uh, during the Trump administration, aides regularly were asked about the failing health of uh, Ruth Bader-Ginsburg and they would refuse to comment, saying privately they feared being viewed as vultures. Harris has even lower favorability ratings than Joe Biden, according to Politics, which finds that 40.7% of the public approves of her work versus 41.7% who approve of her boss. Biden is seeking a second term in next year's election, even though He would be 86 upon leaving office. He reportedly has been unsatisfied with Harris, despite praising her in public. A point of tension in their relationship is that I don't think the president sees her as somebody who takes anything off of his plate due to a fear of messing up, a White House official told Reuters. Author Chris Whipple, who is an expert on West Wing staffing, wrote in his book, The Fight of His Life, that was released in January, that Biden considered Harris a work in progress. Biden vented to a friend about his second in command in 2021 after he heard her husband Doug complaining about tasks assigned to her, including mitigating illegal migration and pushing for a federal voting rights law. Biden was annoyed, the The book said. He hadn't asked Harris to do anything he hadn't done as vice president, and she begged him for the voting rights assignment. This gossip is so fucking ridiculous. Biden selected Harris, the first female and second non-white VP, as his running mate in 2020, despite an acrimonious primary which she blasted him for opposing federally mandated desegregation through busing students to different school districts. That little girl was me, Harris told Biden during the debate. First Lady Jill Biden reportedly was so angry about the exchange that she said afterwards that Harris could go fuck herself. If Biden ultimately exits the 2024 campaign, Harris's vulnerability is expected to unleash a contested Democratic primary with potential challengers, including Gavin Newsom, who just last week put to bed any rumors of his potential running. He is excited to get Joe Biden reelected. The Republican primary currently is dominated by uh, Donald Trump, who polls actually show would beat Kamala Harris a very real scenario to keep in mind is the prospect of Biden not surviving through the election next year. If he were to pass in, let's say, August and Trump is the primary winner and on the general ballot, who do Democrats run at that point? Food for thought. In other failings of this administration, Huawei's latest phone the Mate 60 Pro is generating buzz among tech aficionados in China, but in the United States, this device is spurring concern along with an investigation by the U.S. Department of Commerce. At issue for American officials is the technology inside the Huawei phone, which reportedly includes an advanced 7-nanometer processor made by SMIC, which is China's top chip maker according to Capital Economics. With that chip, the phone has enough power and speed to rival rival Apple's iPhone, and it's been selling briskly in China. That is raising questions about the effectiveness of U.S. export controls, which have been aimed at curbing Huawei's ability to acquire cutting-edge components like advanced processors. Until now, those restrictions had effectively crippled Huawei's smartphone business. Prior to U.S. sanctions, the company was well on its way to becoming a global powerhouse. Capital Economics noted in a report, in 2018 it sold more phones in Europe than Apple. The Commerce Department told CBS Money Watch that it is investigating the new phone. Huawei's new phone arrives at the U.S. and China to compete on numerous fronts and amid rising tension over geopolitical flashpoints such as the status of Taiwan and the war in Ukraine. The Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo met with Chinese officials in Beijing in August in a rare diplomatic overture to discuss strategic and commercial interests. Appearing last week, she underscored the Biden administration's goal Of improving trade relations, but pointedly noted that patience among American companies is wearing thin when it comes to doing business in China. Here's what to know about Huawei the Mate 60 Pro and the impact on Apple. China's Huawei is one of the world's largest telecommunication companies. It was founded in 1987 and now has more than 200,000 employees and operates in 170 countries. In spite of its size, the company is largely unknown by American consumers because it's difficult to buy their products in the United States. Lawmakers and the FBI contend that Huawei is a threat to national security, while AT&T and Verizon both stopped distributing Huawei devices in 2018, a threat to national security. That's odd because I'm pretty sure the FBI is constantly trying to hack into devices to spy on citizens. But I digress. The company's fast growth was accompanied by U.S. concerns about its connections to the Chinese government, as well as fears of espionage. In 2019, the U.S. declared Huawei a security risk and imposed export controls on U.S. technology sales to the company. Commerce Department said that those 2019 restrictions knocked Huawei down and forced it to reinvent itself at a substantial cost to China. Well, it looks like your bargain did not pay off. The Mate Pro 60 is their newest line in their line of smartphones. The phone shows evidence of a 7 nanometer chip made by SMIC, which I've already said that. Um, They started taking orders for the new phone on Friday, and will deliver the devices by October 9th. Speed tests show that the Mate Pro 60 is capable of downloads that are faster than the the top-of-the-line 5G phones currently on the market. One YouTube reviewer noted that the phone also has satellite support, a 6.82-inch OLED screen, a 5,000 megahertz something, I don't know, with the MAH battery, and it starts at $900. It's a beast. The latest Huawei phone comes at a sensitive time for Apple, which is expected to debut its latest phone, the iPhone 15, on Tuesday. At the same time, China is one of Apple's most important markets, accounting for nearly 20, 20% of its revenue. Beyond renewed competition from Huawei, Apple is also facing new restrictions from the Chinese government, with reports that government employees are being banned from using iPhones. News of the ban resulted in Apple shares losing $200 billion in market value this week. In case you haven't noticed, countries are making moves to ice out and damage US and US companies' influence. This should not come as a surprise. But if you were caught on your heels pretending that you didn't know something like this was coming after the damage that was intentionally inflicted on Huawei, as evidenced by the conversation from our commerce secretary, I have a bridge to sell you. Meanwhile, while our government expends every resource at its disposal to track down and crack down on citizens for exercising their rights, The director of the FBI wants you to know that the number of Russian spies operating inside the United States is still way too big, in spite of their efforts to kick them out. The Russian traditional counterintelligence threat continues to loom large, Ray said during public remarks at the Spy Museum in Washington. The Russian intelligence footprint, and by that I mean intelligence officers, is still way too big in the United States and something we are constantly bumping up against and trying to block and prevent and disrupt in every way we can. The threat of Russian spies operating on U.S. soil is nothing new. But as U.S. officials have increasingly recognized Russia under Putin as an adversary, traditional counterintelligence concerns once thought of as Cold War relics Human spies operating on U.S. soil rather than cyber spies acting from inside Russia have once again drawn top-level attention. Eric Swalwell must be fucking Svetlana. No, I'm just kidding. The U.S. in 2018 expelled 60 Russian diplomats whom the U.S. identified as intelligence agents as well as ordering the closure of the Russian consulate in Seattle as part of its response to Russia's alleged use of a nerve agent to poison a former Russian spy living in the United Kingdom. Russia employs not only traditional intelligence officers, but also cutouts. Um, Ray cited a Mexican national who was arrested by authorities in 2020 and was accused of assisting assisting Russian intelligence. Last year, a Dutch intelligence agency publicly identified a Russian military intelligence officer who had studied at the prestigious John Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies, an elite graduate program favored by US military personnel, young diplomats, and future spies. I will say that over the last several years, the US has made positive, significant strides in reducing the size of the Russian intelligence officer footprint, kicking them out in effect. Can't deal with Russian spies, but moms at school board meetings and protesters in the Capitol, by gosh, you will be found. The governor of Alaska is accusing the president of violating the law after Biden's administration pulled the plug on Trump era oil leases. If he's willing to break this law, Surely there's going to be others. And once again, Alaska right now feels like a victim under this administration, and the country is going to feel like a victim here if they haven't already. Alaska's state agency is expected to challenge the decision in court after Biden canceled several oil and gas leases issued in early 2021 to an Alaskan state economic development agency the Department of the Interior rescinded the seven 10-year leases spanning 365,775 acres in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, held by the Alaskan Industrial Development and Export Authority, and supported by a wide range of stakeholders, including lawmakers and native Alaskans. The leases were issued by the Trump administration in one of its final actions, This makes absolutely no sense from any perspective unless your goal is to drive up the cost of oil and gas so much that it makes certain renewables cheaper. The Department of Interior also issued a proposal to block off 13 million acres of land across the National Petroleum Reserve, an area in North Slope Borough, Alaska set aside by Congress for resource development and an additional 2.8 million acres in the Beaufort Sea off the northern coast of Alaska from oil and gas leasing. This is just two of 55 actions the federal government under this administration is perpetrating against Alaska right now. Russia, China, Saudi Arabia, and Iran are laughing at Biden's energy policy. They're laughing together at the United States of America. I can't find anywhere in really the history of nation states or empires where they worked at hobbling themselves to such a degree that's happening currently with this administration. So 2024 can't come soon enough for most of us, Dunleavy said. He further criticized the president as taxes on oil and gas activities in Alaska reportedly provide key funding for communities statewide and for government services, schools, Housing, healthcare, and emergency services. There's this bizarre cycling going on in which we lose out with revenue, jobs, and a lower cost for energy, and our foreign adversaries gain constantly. It's hurting the state, it's hurting the country, it's really hurting the single mom with three kids who's trying to make it in this world of hyperinflation. So frustrating to me, and I don't understand. Why we just sit idly by while the people puppeteering the president run around ruling with an ink pen? As U.S. appeals court has granted a temporary stay, allowing Alaska to keep in place its floating buoys installed in the meo- middle of the Rio Grande, Rio Grande, Rio Grande, Grand. I don't fucking know. Is it a cup at Starbucks? Is it a river? Who knows? to block migrants from crossing the U.S.-Mexico border as court proceedings move forward, a court filing showed. A federal judge had ordered Texas on Wednesday to move the controversial line of floating buoys in what was seen as a tentative win for Joe Biden after the president's administration sued the state of Texas. Although Wednesday's order was not meant to take effect until September 15th, The ruling made late on Thursday could protect the Texas government from having to take immediate steps to start moving the barriers to the embankment on the U.S. side of the river. The floating barrier is one of multiple strategies that Governor Abbott has launched to deter migrants, including coils of razor wire placed along the riverbank, huge spending by Texas and other states on patrols even though policing the border is the responsibility of the federal government. Well, when the federal government's not doing its job, the state must step in. Abbott's border operations came under increased scrutiny in July after an internal trooper email surfaced alleging that Texas authorities had been ordered to push migrant children back into the river and deny water to migrants in extreme heat the line of buoys is about a thousand feet long and it's fitted with spikes and netting. Although it may be easier to skirt around than the miles of razor wire is to cross, it has stirred the most controversy with its aggressive symbolism. I don't know what that is. That's what the article says and has attracted fierce criticism from immigration and human rights advocates, as well as environmentalists. Again, I don't know what the environmentalists are pissed off about. It's just a buoy. Um, and I also don't know why this isn't for easy for people to understand. It's illegal to cross the Rio Grande and head into the United States like it's your backyard. If the buoy stops that from happening, why is that a bad thing? Like why is deterring people from illegally entering this country seen or or projected to be seen as a bad thing? Uh, they're just mad because it's working anyway. Uh, The White House Situation Room's year-long $50 million renovation was completed earlier this week, according to multiple reports online. The highly secure ground floor of the West Wing, which has seen historic moments like President Biden watching SEAL Team 6 kill Osama bin Laden, uh, had last been renovated in 2007. Yeah, it's so secure, someone left Coke in a cubby outside of the door. The update added more rooms and updated the technology in the space. It's a marriage of the traditional and the modern. Mark Gustafson, the Situation Room Director, told the Associated Press, the renovation funds went to a number of flat screen panels and mahogany paneling, high-tech glass walls that can turn opaque, and the updating of landlines. Cell phones continue to be banned for security reasons. Gustafson told the Associated Press that the hope is the extensive renovation will mean future updates to the space won't have to be quite as extensive. $50 million for some TVs and glass windows. Officials in Cuba say they've arrested 17 people in a Russian human trafficking scheme that tricked young men on the island into fighting for Russia in its invasion of Ukraine. Cesar Rodriguez, Cuba's Criminal Investigation Department-led, lead, (laughs) announced arrests Thursday on the state-run news channel Canal Caribe. I I think I said that right. Hopefully nobody who speaks Spanish listened, because I think that's what it is. Anyway, Rodriguez said that one of the people arrested was responsible for organizing efforts to recruit inside Cuba. He did not name any of the individuals arrested or their contacts in Russia. Rodriguez said the recruiters were targeting Cubans interested in military activity, focusing on those with criminal records who had exhibited antisocial behavior. You mean the same kind of people that the U.S. federal agencies target for false flag operations like kidnapping the governor of a state? The Cuban Foreign Ministry earlier in the week condemned the trafficking operation between allies where Russia used contacts on the island nation to recu- recruit young Cubans to fight. Moscow has been desperate for more bodies in the war. Cuba has a firm and clear historical position against mercenaryism. Merc- mercenarism. I think that's how you say that. And it plays an act, that's not how it's spelled, but I think that's how it's supposed to be spelled. I, it is late and I am tired. It plays an active role in the United Nations in rejection of the aforementioned practice, being the author of several of the initiatives approved in that forum, the Cuban Foreign Ministry said on Monday. Russia isn't the only country <laughs> that's trying to bring people. I should go back and edit all of this, but I'm not going to because it's the very end of the show. Russia isn't the only country trying to bring people over to their side. China's military is targeting American troops and veterans for exploitation to fill gaps in its capabilities. The complex effort was detailed in an Air Force memo authored by General Charles Q. Brown Jr. and distributed on Friday the Chinese military is pushing international firms that do business with the PRC to target and recruit U.S. and NATO-trained military talent across specialties and career fields. By essentially training the trainer, many of those who accept contracts with these foreign companies are eroding our national security, putting the very safety of their fellow service members and the country at risk. He encouraged service members to safeguard our national defense information even after they leave the armed forces. A special agent with the Air Force Office of Special Investigation said that China has attempted to exploit Americans through job offers that can appear innocuous. U.S. pilots and other veterans with a wealth of expertise may be approached directly at defense industry events. Uh, and offered roles with a wealth of expertise uh, where their expertise is needed. The officials cited former aerospace ground equipment maintainers and landing signals officers as, as examples, jobs which require specialized knowledge to handle equipment and guide pilots and their aircraft to safety. But behind these job offers are private companies that are either controlled by the Chinese government or contract with the Chinese Communist Party. These entities seek consultants, advisors, and trainers who will share their knowledge on the job and unknowingly feed it directly to the Chinese military. U.S. officials are concerned that service members may be hesitant to leave their jobs even after they discover the connection to China. We want to make sure that people understand if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. They called the exploitation campaign insidious. Well, maybe pay your veterans more money and they won't be inclined to be paid by a foreign adversary. I'm just saying. All of that to say, that is the end of Monday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. As always, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Sorry for all of the mistakes today. Sorry that I'm not going back to edit it, but it is officially four o'clock in the morning and this releases to you in two hours so I can get some sleep before I go to work tomorrow. I love you guys. You take care. Have a wonderful day and I will see you here tomorrow. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shoutsinthehouse.com, and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.